Shalom, shalom, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Pulse of Israel. And today I want to introduce you, if you do not know him yet, and I hope you do, but if you do not, everyone meet Joseph Cohen. Shalom, Joseph. Hello. Hi. <laughs> it is a real pleasure talking to you here from the ancestral and eternal homeland of the Jewish people. As I wrote in the introduction, Joseph, you are killing it with the truth in Britain and on, online, on Twitter, all over the place. For those of you not familiar, Joseph runs the Israel Advocacy Movement. He is top-notch video production, not just video production, important videos putting out there, but standing up. Yeah, Listen, I'm going to show it to you, you know? But in, in the meantime, Joseph, please tell us who you are. What, 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 what gets you going that got you so involved for Israel? Okay, first and foremost, Avi, thank you for all your kind words. It's completely reciprocal. The work you put in for Israel is incredible. So it's an honor to be here with you. Um, so yeah, a little bit about me. Um, for those of you that don't know, my name's Joseph Cohen. As Avi said, I run the Israel Advocacy Movement. First and foremost, please go like, follow, subscribe. We're on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Hopefully you won't regret it. Um, but yeah, so... What we do, how I got into it. Um, so I come from a left-wing background. I no was way. not within the Jewish community. Like I was raised in a small working-class community in the north of England. No other Jews in the village, and just my family. And I was raised on a diet of Marx and Engels. I spent my early twenties um, confronting the, the Nazis in the north of England. They have a very strong foothold, the British National Party, the National Front. So my early 20s were spent in left-wing circles opposing Nazism. Um, I've been on a very long journey to, to get to, to where I am today. Um, but oh my God, I can't wait to show one of your video clips for people to see who you are today, Joseph. All right, go for it. Wow. And so... I guess, so people don't zone out, my, the end of my journey is confronting jihadis, Nazis, the enemies of the Jewish people within the UK, and filming those interactions, publicizing them to, to a broad audience. So that's where my journey ended. But like, the, journey, the path I went on was I decided I wanted to be closer to my people, to the Jewish people, so I had to leave my village. Um, and so I moved to London. And I got involved in a number of initiatives. The first initiative I launched was looking to try and build bridges between Jews and Muslims. Um, there's a lot of commonality between our faiths. Most people don't, most Muslims are completely oblivious to how much of their tradition is based on Judaism. Most people are familiar with the, the not eating pork and the, the, the very basic things. But the entire religion, whatever ritual you look up within Islam, you'll usually find Jewish precedent. So if it's going on Hajj to, to Mecca, Medina, well, we would have a Havagim, we'd have Hag, and we would ascend to Jerusalem. They would circle the Kaaba. We were circling the temple, the Beit HaMikdash. Wow. And so I looked to publicize the, the commonalities between the two faiths in the hope that um, familiarity would breed tolerance. Um, the, the website I ran was getting a million visitors a year. It was doing relatively okay. Um, but that put me into contact with the, the Muslim community in London and realized there was a real problem with anti-Semitism within the Muslim community, particularly within the, the more extreme um, 
fringes of that community, um, there's some serious anti-Semitism that nobody was really engaging with. And similarly, there you have the, back then, this is maybe five years ago, you had the far right were relatively strong. And at that point, the far left hadn't really, the far left in the UK really emerged as anti-Semitic, like in a, in a big way, um, and came out of the shadows um, following Jeremy Corbyn. And we worked relentlessly to try and prevent um, the anti-Semites taking senior, or basically leading the, the British government. Um, and we were, we were very successful in that. But back then, they, they hadn't emerged. And so I launched another initiative to combat all streams and inspire others to combat anti-Semitism, which was the Campaign Against Anti-Semitism, which was a grassroots initiative which looked to inspire other people to, to come out and campaign against anti-Semitism. I stepped away from that in the very early days after setting it up and left it, um, and Gideon Falter's now running it and doing a tremendous job. He's taken it to dizzying heights that I could never have achieved, but they're, they're doing phenomenal. But launching the campaign against anti-Semitism was really interesting for me because it was around the time of the Gaza war. And once the war died down, the anti-Semitism disappeared overnight. It was bizarre. Yeah. We were seeing tweets every single day. We were cataloging people saying Hitler was right, Hamas, Hamas, Jews to the gas. The war stopped, they disappeared. But what persisted was what I call the acceptable face of anti-Semitism, which is, I don't hate Jews, I just hate Zionists. Hmm. And it made me realize that actually, most people, most sound of mind people, are opposed to anti-Semitism. But the real challenge we have is anti-Zionism, which is the acceptable face of anti-Semitism. It's Jews as a collective, Jews as a people, that it's acceptable to, be, to hold a prejudice against them. So in 2019, 159 people were killed in the Israel-Palestine conflict. 30,000 people were slaughtered in Afghanistan. 10,000 people were slaughtered in Syria. Around, I think 14,000 people were slaughtered in Yemen. But it's Israel, Israel, Israel that the left obsesses on, that um, the Islamists obsess on, that the far right obsesses on, and they turn a blind eye to much more horrific conflicts. And it was this, this double standard, this hypocrisy, this, this acceptable anti-Semitism that I wanted uh, to take a stand against. And so I launched the, the Israel advocacy movement to, to do exactly that. Since launching, our focus has been predominantly having interesting interaction with those that seek to oppose us and educating the broader public about anti-Semitism, about Israel, um, but filming most of that media and, and broadcasting it. We've got zero funding, so it's, anybody does want to help, any, every little help, we've got a Patreon. They can be found on our, on our website. We've got merchandise, like this Herzl is my homeboy t-shirt, which you can purchase um, love it, from, love from, it. from the store, but because we've got no funding, we've still been able to reach millions and millions of people. Last year alone, I think it was 20 million people watched, no, 40 million people watched our videos last year alone. So we're, we're reaching huge audiences with no help from anybody. Um, and hopefully talk about some of those videos and those interactions with Avi today. We've been, our videos are shared by Netanyahu, by Trump. Like we, we, we've really got out there with, with very little so help. Guys, I just, I, you just heard that, okay? Mi videos made by Joseph. And if I'm not mistaken, just you're really a one-man team. 
Okay. Really much. I mean, I, I can't say exactly a one-man team because... I mean, I'm sure you have help, video, but you... you every you video goes via my wife for one person. And and, and this is... The, we would... There's a march every year in the UK, which most people are familiar. It's a global march, Al-Qudstay. There was very little opposition to it. So my wife and I decided in 2015 that we would go there, hand out pro-Israel flyers to the Hezbollah supporters, and film the, inter the, the, the interactions to show British Jews that nobody was opposing this. Now you've got one Jew, myself, and his li my little wife, who's maybe five foot two, four, she's quite short, with the headscarf, she's a little taller. Um, but just the two of us standing against Hezbollah, it worked, the we filmed the interaction. The following year, um, we got hundreds of people on the streets opposing with the help of the Jewish community, with organizations like Sussex Friends of Israel, Definitely go and follow them on Facebook, Twitter, um, Northwest Friends of Israel, the Zionist Federation. We all came together and put on a huge protest to stand against our Quds. But from that point on, my wife has been involved in every single video. Um, so we, we have lots of people volunteer, help us, come onto the streets with us. But yeah, it's truly just me and my wife churning out these videos. And we both have day jobs. We do this in the evenings. We're unfunded. And we've built up the largest pro-Israel platform in the UK. We've got 100,000 followers across all our platforms. And so, yeah, every like really helps. I keep saying it and plugging it, but please go and check us out, Israel Advocacy Movement. Your likes, your follows, they really help. Unbelievable. Guys, I want to I want, I want go to one of the, your videos so people can see you in action, Joseph. And this is just, I just want everyone to understand, this is just a little, just, just one aspect of what Joseph and his wife have been able, uh, have been doing, have been able to doing in a lot, a lot of different types of videos. This is one showing Joseph in action on the streets. And I, I just want to give a little bit more because about you, Joseph goes into the lion's den. He goes in and and goes up to the faces of jihadists or Islamists on the streets of, uh, of London and argues with them. But I want to give you credit that, I don't know if you give yourself, one thing that differentiates Joseph from others he doesn't just argue, and he's not arguing for the sake of argument's sake or, or, or to prove them wrong. He's arguing to educate and to bridge and, 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 and to create that bridge between him and the truth about Jews and Israel and the Muslim mindset trying to bash the lies that, that, they're, that they're spreading. So here, just stay with me. We're going we're gonna to watch this one. It really gives you a great sense of what Joseph has been doing and is really successful at it. So here, here we go. Get a taste of it. Ready? Mate, I'm bringing facts. You're bringing nothing but a bringing no facts. Name one bomb that was dropped by Israel in the last year. Let's talk about that. Go Hamas on. in Gaza, yeah? Go Condemned on. by the United Nations for hiding missiles for hiding missiles in schools. They fired over 200 missiles from schools. They fired over 100 from mosques. They fired from graveyards. Hamas hide behind people. They hide their missiles behind people. They protect their missiles with people. So Israel report. protects its peoples so with missiles. So human shields. Human shields. Yeah. Hamas have human shields. Yeah, absolutely. Human shields. Unbelievable. Here's more. 
Muslim people slaughtered my people in Arabic lands. People have slaughtered my people everywhere. So forgive me when I point out anti-Semitism. We've been slaughtered in every generation. The entire world is looking at Israel today. Now listen, listen. The entire world is looking at Israel today. This year, he showed me a statistic. According to Palestinian sources, 100 Palestinians have been killed in the last year. 100 Palestinians in the last year. Now listen, how many United Nations resolutions were passed against Israel in the same period? 20. How many resolutions were passed against the rest of the world in that same period? So Israel had 20 resolutions, the rest of the world had three resolutions. There were 100 dead Palestinians, there were hundreds of thousands of dead Muslims massacred at the hands of Muslims, and the United Nations says nothing. And that's when I say it's anti-Semitism. When the entire world looks at the one Jewish state and holds it to a standard that it holds no other nation, that's anti-Semitism. Can you be an anti-Zionist not being anti-Semitic? Can you be an anti-Zionist? You can, but it's very hard. See, I, I'm a year for, for everyone, but the point I want to make that you don't get enough credit for, they're conversing with you. You are managed, you have managed to have a conversation, even though you're a little heated, still it's not a head-to-head just screaming at each other, screaming facts and with everyone going over their heads. That you succeeded in engaging them to actually be asking you questions and listening and even agreeing with you and this is just a little so what's what's your secret because uh, there are plenty of other videos that that really showcase this skill set that that you have so what what's your secret joseph sorry i put myself on mute so you wouldn't <laughs> so i wouldn't distract the video and um, so the secret is first and foremost actually doing something and then get most jews most Zionists are afraid to put themselves into those situations. And when you do put yourself into that situation, you realize nine times out of 10, it's nowhere near as bad as, as you thought it was going to be. And one of the things that most people don't realize is when you're in that interaction, you're not often, you're not speaking to the, the, the person you're conversing with, but you're speaking to the camera, to the people that are watching. Now, I can't remember on that video, but this isn't a video on my channel. This was filmed by somebody else. It's at a place, called, it's a place of free speech in the UK called Speaker's Corner. It has a very big online following. Abby, how many follow, How many views did that video have? That Ooh, one hold on, I'll tell you. It has 327,000 on this other channel. And just read out a couple of the comments on there. Uh, wow, the Muslim asked the Jew if he believed in the Jesus narrative. Really? No. Never argue with an idiot because they will drag you down and beat you with experience. That's really good. I have to say that. Um, we should be able to live together side by side, said the angry man. I guess that's referring to you, but saying... <laughs> but that, that, well, usually, usually what you find, there's a, thousands of positive comments. So there's 370,000 people suddenly watching... A Jew and a Muslim, or a Jew and a number of Muslims, discussing the Israel-Palestine conflict. And if you read, there'll be loads of positive comments, and you reach an audience that you ordinarily couldn't. You're breaking out of the echo chamber, and you're changing public opinion about Israel, which is the most important thing we can do. Now, what most people don't... Wait, I want, I want to, I want to inter inter uh, interrupt you with one of these comments. 
quote, the Jew knows his stuff. Respect, brother. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> that is, it's also Would good. you please, and here's another one. Would you please do more talks with the red bearded man? I've seen this and another, but he is respectful, factual, knowledgeable in some Arabic and says, lo ilah illallah, salam to you all. So that's a Muslim talking. He's very impressed with you. Yeah, so there was a video which got even more views on that same channel, 1.5 million views, um, and that's what he's quoting. It's basically, it was a, I went up to Muslims, I made a video with British Muslims, asking them to point out Masjid Al-Aqsa, the third holiest site in Islam, and they, all, they told me how important it was to them, and then they all pointed to Qubad al-Sukra, which is the, the dome on the rock. Right. And they pointed to the wrong mosque. Um, Masjid Al-Aqsa is in the corner. The, the big, beautiful um, dome that we, we can see behind Abby's um, smiling face is... This is not the Al-Aqsa Mosque. The Al-Aqsa Mosque is over... There we go. Over here. <laughs> there. There's the Al-Aqsa Mosque. <laughs> and so I made a video, um, and it went down really well with the Muslim audience because they were like, this is shameful. Here's a Jew that knows more about Islam. And in that video, and actually the, the original time I introduced it was basically in Islam, you have something called the Shahada. The Shahada is the, the testimony of faith. And Jews, we believe the first part, La ilaha illallah. There is no God but God. So as an Orthodox Jew, I'm cool with that. They will then finish it and say Muhammad is his messenger in, Ar in Arabic. Um, but what I do is I flip it and I say Musa Rasulullah, which means Moses is his messenger. And so I remember one time there's a very famous jihadi in the UK, and now I'll get back to the story, called Anjum Chaudhi. Um, he is responsible for recruiting or radicalizing many of the people that went out to fight with ISIS, many of the convicted terrorists in the UK, 7-7 bombers, all these people, many of them can be traced back to his organizations and his teachings. He's than time for terrorism, he's out now, but he's one of the most, um, I guess, famous hate preachers in the UK. And he was holding a demonstration, and I, at the time I was wearing a velvet kippah, and I walked up to him and I said, Anjum, can I have a selfie? And he looked at me and he thought I was a Muslim, and he was like, certainly brother. So he puts his finger up, which is the ice the, the, the finger, and he goes, we're smiling together, la ilaha illallah. And I looked at him and said, and Musa Rasulullah. And all his jihadi mates fell about laughing. He realized that was Jewish. He got really like uncomfortable. And so in that same video, the, the, the 1.5 million views that the other person was quoting, um, I do the same thing. I brought, I, 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 I said, la ilaha illallah, Musa Rasulullah. Um, and they really liked it. Um, and so, I think what it shows is if you engage and you respectfully look into Islam, the overwhelming majority of Muslims, in my experience, certainly in the UK, genuinely are opposed to anti-Semitism. But like the left, they have a complete blind spot to Israel. So if you can engage them respectfully within their religion and show that you're, you're not prejudiced, you're not a bigot, you're not coming at them filled with hate, and you actually want to make peace with them and you've taken time to learn their texts and learn their religion, it's a very fertile ground to produce meaningful relationships. And we're sensing that today in the real world with people who have a much bigger platform than me, people like Netanyahu who are reaching out to the, the Gulf states. And you had the United Arab Emirates landing in Israel for the first time and the Palestinians rejecting the, the aid because it went to Israel. And you, you're seeing 
huge changes as Jews and I mean, at the moment, Shalom from Iran is trending in Iran. Muslims are willing to engage with Jews and Jews are willing to engage with Muslims if we're coming at each other from a place of respect. And I think that's one of the reasons I can go to some of the so-called no-go zones in the UK, wearing a kippah, wearing a jumper that says Zionist or Hertz, this is my homeboy, both for sale on our, on our store, so go check them out. You can do the same. Wearing an Israeli flag and rarely being met with violence or aggression. And when that happens, I can usually diffuse the situation and turn it into a, a positive, which is then broadcast to, to hopefully tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. Listen, you, you touched upon the key to peace that unfortunately most Jews, not just Jews in, in diaspora, not just Jews in Britain and America, etc., cetera, uh, don't get, but many Israeli Jews. And it's a, it's a misunderstanding that we Jews, we're Middle Eastern. We're not Western. This, this, we're from here. Our culture originates here. And if we just respect the Islamic faith for what it truly represents, the good and the bad, what we agree or disagree, they will, and also we respect ourselves. You're respecting yourself, your own, your own indigenous Jewish identity by standing up for the truth about Judaism and the relationship between Judaism and Islam. Most Jews don't want to go there. They don't want to go there. And the Muslims, they respect respect. And when they see Jews who do not respect our own Jewish identity, when they see Jews and Israelis who, who do not take their own identity seriously, and, and listen, there are plenty of Israeli Jews and Jews in England and America who consider themselves Westerners. They consider, because we've been there for however many decades, then they don't respect us. But when they see Jews acting like Jews, respecting their own and respecting the Islamic faith and identity, then they give you the respect. And that is the key for when we will be able to achieve peace here in the Holy Land. I always say the Arabs aren't the problem. It's the Jews. We, we're the problem. The Arabs only remind us of how we're the problem because we have to learn to respect ourselves, respect our actual relationship with the Islamic world here in the Middle East, and then we'll be able to live peacefully because they'll, they'll then respect us and stop the terrorism against us. And you hit on that in England, which is fabulous. 100%. It's almost like we prepared this. Like we genuinely didn't. But the, the guy who opened up that conversation, he was wearing the, the kafir, um, he had a beard. He's called Abdul Hakim or Ricardo McFarlane. And he is one of the more prominent um, Islamists within the UK, from the same circle as Anjum Chowdhury. There was a documentary called The Jihadis Next Door. In it was um, a gentleman called, um, but I forgot the first name, but it was basically the London Bridge terrorist. Um, standing next to him is Ricardo McFarlane, the guy you, you saw on the video. This guy is when we had, if anyone's heard of the Sharia patrols that were operating in London, this was the guy who was running it. Um, it was outside the East London Mosque. He was um, arrested for, for doing that. Um, and current butts, that's it. And this is a guy who 
was recently in jail. I'm not sure if it was for terrorism or extremist views, but I know he was certainly inside recently. I don't know his position at the moment. I've engaged with him in a number of times. And he left a comment on one of the videos, which I'll never forget. It was a video where I was debating another well-known um, Muslim in the UK, prominent figure called Muhammad Hijab. And underneath the video, he wrote something to the effect, I can't remember precisely the wording, but I never thought I'd say this, but Joseph has more al-wal-wallabara, I don't know what that means, than the Muslims. Um, he loves his people, and so he should. Um, and I can't, it, it, that was the basic sentiment of the message, was here is a Jew that loves his people. As, as a Muslim, we should love our people the same way. I can't hate this man for doing that. And I don't know what his view of Jews were before his, his interactions with me. But I do know that I, 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 I gave him a taste of authentic Judaism, what it actually is to be a Jew, what it is to be a Zionist, not what he thinks it is, but what, what we actually believe and what we actually stand for. And he went away respecting that. Right. I don't know if he was a threat to Jews, he wasn't a threat to Jews, but I do know he was then commenting on other Muslims' videos saying that he respected me because of my views on the Jewish people and the state of Israel. And he stood, stands against Israel. He's not for, he's, I've got a video on my own channel where he proposes his solution to the peace. And it was like one final Armageddon style war and the winner takes all. It was like, well, we've tried that a few times. It hasn't worked out so well. Why not just make peace instead, instead of another war? But um, the guy's an extremist. And because of the, the interactions he had with me, maybe they changed his position. They certainly, he certainly looked at me in a, in, in the way that you describe, in here is a Jew that respects being Jewish. He isn't ashamed of being Jewish. He's wearing a jumper that says Zionist. He's got tzitzit, he's got a kippah. He's, he's not apologetic, he's not hiding away. He's not trying to assimilate. One of the things I always say, and I really respect the Muslims for this, in the UK, when the, U when the Jews came to the UK, Moshe became Martin. Um, Yaakov became Jack. Um, Yosef became Joseph. We took on English names. When Muhammad came to the UK, it was still Muhammad. And there's something about like not trying to hide behind another identity and just being authentic and true to you and your people and not being ashamed to be Jewish. And it goes back to what we were saying in the beginning. The reason I can create these engaging videos is because I actually go out there. Right. I'm not particularly knowledgeable. I'm not particularly courageous. The only difference between me and most, not most, but a lot of Jews within the United Kingdom is I'm willing to go out of the bubble that we live in and actually go and engage with these people. And 99.9% .9 of the conversations are really positive. Most of the Muslims I meet, really positive about Jews and the Jewish people. And we'll go to great lengths to try and show you how their religion really respects the Jews. And you can get into conversations about how different caliphates weren't so good and some were good and there's a whole very complex history but what you do realize is when you actually speak to these people there is a real chance for peace but it just requires engaging with them and unfortunately we leave most of the interfaith to the wrong people mm -hmm. and most interfaith work is done by people who already like each other or just want a good photo opportunity and they come together and they talk about hummus and they break bread and isn't this lovely isn't judaism isn't they ignore the real issues that must be discussed 
can be disagreed upon, but to have that respect and the, exactly. But I, I, I think you, you, you don't give yourself enough credit. First of all, you do have the courage, but I'll tell you what gives you the courage. And it's interesting because I think you have this specifically because you come outside of the community. You come, you, you, you came to Judaism, right? I, I imagine you're about, you're about Tshuva, and now you're a religious Jew. Now you're not from the left-wing background. You have a certain confidence in your identity because you own it. You weren't born into it. You're not embarrassed by it. You own it. And even though you say you're not knowledgeable, you're knowledgeable enough to be confident in your authentic Jewish identity that most, I won't say most, but that many Jews, especially in the diaspora, regardless if they're Orthodox, conservative, reform, unaffiliated, they don't have. They're embarrassed about their Jewish identity out in public. Or they say their Jewish identity is something else in order to be accepted. Oh, I love everybody and that's Judaism, right? Or I love uh, rights for LGBTs and that's my Judaism. But they're embarrassed about their authentic Jewish identity. And that, that's not you. So your courage comes from a true embrace of what a Jewish identity really means. And that's what I guess gives you the courage to put yourself in that situation. So you don't give yourself enough credit. And I, I wish, wish more, more born, uh, it's not that you were born Jewish, but more, more Jews who are affiliated or who publicly say that they're Jews can learn from you, from your knowledge, from your courage to themselves grow more confident in their authentic Jewish identity and not just cherry pick what they think is what their Judaism is about, but yet truly be embarrassed about Israel, about the Jewish community, about religion, the religious aspects. You, you got something going for you and, you and you're very blessed. So I hope others are inspired by that from you. And, and I think that truthfully, I think that has been a huge change amongst Anglo Jewry. I can't speak on an international level. I'm based here, but we, where we didn't used to have much of a street movement here. Now, if there's a hostile protest, if there's bullet flags, Hamas flags are on the street, there's opposition. Jews of all ages, from all backgrounds, from religious to secular, from left to right, come together and oppose. I mean, the most recent instance would be the whole Jeremy Corbyn business um, with the rise of far left anti-Semitism within the UK. It was the, I mean, we do, we actually owe Jeremy Corbyn a thank you. He was the first person that brought true achtet to the Jewish people in the United <laughs> Kingdom. We had from religious to secular, from ultra-Orthodox to completely secular, from male, female, young to old, just universal recognition of the threat that he posed to the Jews in the UK. Um, and... So that may not have, I, I think, social media, people, not, there's not just me, there's activists like David Collier and there's a number of activists who are doing great stuff either on the streets or to or online research groups like NASHA, Labour Against Anti-Semitism, David Collier, all these people, my, like the Israel Advocacy Movement, researching and identifying the anti-Semitism within parties like Labour and actually defeating them, helping the country the United Kingdom to realize that there is a real anti-Semitism problem within the Labour Party and it started from the top. And thankfully that's now history. They're fragmenting, they're breaking up, they're forming new parties whose central tenant seems to, to, to be very hostile 
to to um, Israel and mentioning groups like the the Board of Deputies of British Jews, like like moving into classical anti-Semitism, and these groups are forming um, in the the as the Corbynites break up, and so there's still a threat here. But the difference is to ten years ago is there are now a number of activists, a number of community members who are willing to actually stand up for the Jewish people and take a stand against uh, those that seek to, to do us harm. Which is, so it's definitely not just me. There's now, there's now a number of people in the okay. UK that are doing That's this. That's true, and for those not familiar, you, David Collier, Sussex Friends of Israel, and, and, and the others you mentioned, the others that haven't been mentioned, were really the, the backbone of the activist movement that woke Britain, British uh, population up to the anti-Semitism of Jeremy Corbyn that uh, I'm sure you you had a huge impact, huge impact on uh, on his loss, which was not just good for the Jews, but is so critical for saving Britain at this point in time. So really, I take my hat off, to, uh, to, to, to my keeper off to, to all of you on the amazing on the amazing work you did. Listen, Joseph, there's so much more to talk to. Let's save some of it for another time. I just wanted to at least get people to, to learn about you, to follow you, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Joseph is very active on Twitter. YouTube, follow the Israel Advocacy Movement. Uh, just look up Israel Advocacy Movement on all the different channels. Um, any words of uh, additional words of optimism for everyone, Joseph? Um, I mean, I guess that it's not really words of optimism, but we are one of the most privileged generations of the last 2000 years. When anti-Semites used to rise up to destroy us, we had two options, either fight them and likely lose because we were a minority community or flee and hope there was another nation that was willing to, to take us in. And that didn't end well. We went from country to country fleeing anti-Semites. Today, we're incredibly privileged that we actually have our home back. And, as, and our home has saved Soviet Jews. It saved refugees, Jewish refugees from the Arab world. And if a tyrant were to achieve a position of authority, thank God we have Israel. So while anti-Semitism is on the march globally, and those of us that are still outside of Israel have a fight on our hands, thank God that we have our home to, to flee to if things do get too, too difficult. Um, so yeah, there are no words of optimism, no positive, but just thank God we live in this generation where we have our home back. 100%. All right, Joseph, I just want to say thank you for, uh, for, for you and your wife honing in on your talents and using your time to make such an impact with your voices. And again, there's so many videos. Everyone go to uh, subscribe to, to the Israel Advocacy Movement YouTube channel. Uh, and just go through one video after another, really powerful videos, not all on the street, but informational, educational, done really, really well. Uh, keep up the, your great work. Thank you so much, Joseph. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. It's been it's a pleasure. My pleasure. My pleasure. Everybody, I just want to say thank you now to each and every one of you for watching. Again, definitely go out, follow Joseph in all the different channels possible, share his stuff. We share his stuff on Israel Unwired. Love his stuff every time a new video goes out. And again, thank you for watching. Signing off for another Pulse of Israel from the ancestral and eternal homelands of the Jewish people. Shalom, everyone. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Pulse of Israel. Frontline videos from the Holy Land. Support our work by donating today.